Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Left or right hemisphere causing Discoculia? IQ is just the beginning. Detecting learning disabilities. ADHD related to food allergies? What kind of teacher are you? This is our podcast for week two in 2018, and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, to help us review the links for the week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Thanks for inviting me. Well, the year is uh, started. I uh, <coughs> hope your holidays were uh, merry and bright as they should. They certainly were. They were absolutely fantastic. Now, okay, with that, we have to uh, jump back into the uh, year. We, we did not have links in uh, week one. This is week two. So um, let's start the year with an, uh, with an interesting, complicated one about the left or right hemisphere that would be responsible for, for dyscalculia. Well, so what do you think? Is left or right, or does it matter? Yes, yes, yes. This, um, this is actually new research. Um uh, done at the Neuropediatric Unit of the School of Public Health and Community Medicine from the Hebrew University Hadassah in Jerusalem, in Israel. Uh-huh. And uh, Dr. Shalev, uh, he is one of the lead authors, he's a very well-known figure in the field of dyscalculia, and we have quoted him uh, more often. So they have looked at how the left and right hemisphere react when people are doing math tasks and how an impairment in left or right side would limit these uh, math uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. Now, it turned out that both uh, children with an impairment in the left or the right hemisphere would score around two standard deviations below the mean on the test. Oh. But the children with the problems in the left hemisphere were compromised much worse. So they, they uh, had lower scores on learning to add and subtract and doing complicated multiplication and division and visual spatial activities. Oh. So this is good to know. And we will need to do some more research to see if it could have direct implications for training and right. remediation uh, purposes. Right, right, right. Now, there was no specific pattern... Uh, of uh, math problems that is related to the left or right hemispheric dysfunction. At least we don't know that yet. It right. might they be, have but not that's not. A pattern. No, no, okay. no. So they conclude that maybe uh, learning arithmetic is depending um, both uh, on sites, but that differences may be related to the stages of learning. So when you are learning something might also uh, be related to when the left or the right hemisphere kicks in uh, more heavily. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. So they need some more research to see if they can actually use these outcomes uh, for training purposes and remediation. Okay, well, thanks for that uh, explanation. Uh, complicated, uh, complicated topic. The next link says that IQ is just the beginning. I thought IQ was of major importance. Well, uh, it is about intelligence, but also prior knowledge and learning. 
Okay. And that's um, an article by uh, Elizabeth Stern from the uh, Technische Hochschule in Zurich, in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And they put it right and clear in the abstract to, uh, to this research that an individual's IQ, as, as measured, results from complex interactions between genes and environmental stimulation. Oh, okay. And in particular, schooling. Okay, the role of the teacher comes back here. Yeah, the amount of variance in intelligence to be explained by genes is the higher, the more successful a society is in providing cognitive, stimulating environments for everybody. Right. So, you might be born with Bright very favorable, mm -hmm. favorable genes, but if you don't do anything with it, if there is no learning it's not gonna taking place, you. it's still not going anywhere. Interesting. So intelligence can be understood as kind of a, a startup resource okay. of information processing, which has to be um, what you can use to acquire knowledge. And um, there's a broad variance in intelligence, obviously. Hamburg is a huge challenge for educators. So it means that teachers uh, and, and educators in general have a major impact on the development of children. And um, they will help them to, um, to learn to use their um, genetic IQ to the maximum capacity. Right. So that's so good. So IQ it's a starting point. It's only the beginning. Right. It's all about what you do with it. Yeah. And uh, they do not mention in this article, but then there's the whole topic of emotional intelligence. Right. What, what I, I tried to throw in here that's also yeah. uh, very uh, impactful on how effective people can be and how much they can learn. So yes, the IQ is important, can give a child a really good start, but there's a lot more that needs to fall in place uh, before um, it will really help and, and create a better than, uh, than average uh, performance. Okay, well that's clear. The next link talks about uh, detecting learning disabilities. And um, and so, are we making any progress with that? Let me go to the punchline immediately. Uh, of course, there's a lot more to be done. But the punchline here is that this article from the American Academy of Pediatrics has the recommendation that detecting learning disabilities early should be part of every visit that children have to their pediatrician. Oh, and they make this point to their, their members, so the, the, the pediatricians. pediatricians from the U.S. Learning disorders are the most common chronic medical conditions in pediatrics, affecting oh, wow. 15 to 20% of children. More than the flu. Yeah, so if you see that, see that, it's indeed something that needs urgent attention of pediatricians, and uh, also that they need to work with schools to identify uh, kids that they identify underlying disorders. For instance, we had a student with Kleefstra syndrome uh, and initially she was not diagnosed. Mm. But it's, it, it looks only as a learning disability. 
But those learning but disabilities right. may have an underlying course yeah. that is important to know for treatment options and also for uh, to know uh, for later life or this yeah. prognosis. So, um, so that's a good angle. So pediatricians should uh, should, should focus be on this. yes. Okay. Now certainly, uh, dyscalculia is not uh, very well known yet, and it would help that uh, that also pediatricians do some detection right. here. But as I said, our, our work of um, advocacy and um, raising awareness is not done. And, um, well, this practice is not yet common at doctor's visit, but I really hope that they, they pick up on this. Good. We're talking with Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on the website DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now the uh, the next link uh, is about ADHD and they and so it's a little bit off topic maybe but uh, I've included it because there's so much overlap with ADHD and now here I think they're making the point if I read the article well they make the point that it's ADHD is related to food allergies. Well, definitely there is an influence of uh, lifestyle. Uh, a combination of uh, the amount of sleep, of physical exercise, of uh, a healthy diet, um, all works together um, to reduce symptoms of a um, of a learning disability, and in particular mm -hmm. uh, ADHD. And yes, I agree with you. It's very important in this. Um, message about dyscalculia to mention that there is a huge overlap, maybe yeah. 40 45 percent, oh, wow. uh, between dyscalculia and uh, ADHD. Now, uh, this information comes from a, a very, very recent but also small study from Canada. It is um, published in uh, British Medical Journal Open mm -hmm. and they looked at 50 children. Uh, between the age of uh, 6 and 16, who were diagnosed in the past six months with either asthma, diabetes, epilepsy, food allergies, or uh, juvenile arthritis. Okay. And more than half of all the children have some sort of mental health concern as well. Hmm. The author said uh, that ADHD was particularly prevalent in the food allergy group. Though just 16% of the children had food allergy, of those, 38% had ADHD. That's interesting. So there is definitely an association. And the study, as I said, was small. So this is a first look. This is a pilot. And a large-scale study has already been funded and implemented. Okay. So, so they're looking at it now. Yeah, we definitely um, we'll follow that up. We'll, we'll follow this up and um, keep track of um, of food uh, related um, issues. Okay. Well, our our last link for the week is a very nice graphic. It uh, it's asking the question, "What teacher will you be?" So what's happening here? Well, it's a nice graphic with a typology of. Um, four different kinds of teachers with some descriptions of their behaviors and attitudes and looking at it I agree with the teacher who posted this and I, I conclude that there is there's there is no perfect type 
it, it also depends on the chemistry uh, between the teacher and, and the students, obviously. Yeah. So you will need to be flexible and, and probably implement um, pieces of all the four types mm -hmm. of this, uh, this circle. Uh, and, and they... they um, the, the groups that they uh, mention here are, are a cool blue teacher oh. who is precise <laughs> and deliberate or a fiery red who is more into competitive and more demanding. Okay. Uh, you have uh, the earth green uh, group of teachers oh. who are caring and encouraging oh. and, oh. and more relaxed. Three huggers. Yes, and well, and then you have the sunshine, yellow, happy, uh, happy sociable, dynamic, yeah. and and persuasive. Uh, yeah, you uh, need some of approach. all. Approach. Yes, you definitely need a combination. Okay, okay. Well, that's great. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and you can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook. She maintains boards on both Pinterest and Flipboard, and she runs five free webinars. And all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you have Discoculia, you can do the free Discoculia checklist on her website. Or for a more comprehensive uh, view on this, you can do the math and Discoculia screening test at discoculiatesting.com. Now, Dr. Schroeder has recognized that there is a huge lack of Discoculia tutors. And for that reason, at the end of 2017, she has launched an online Discoculia tutor training. You can learn all about that on discoculiatutor.org and I advise you to go there and to see if you could be the next Discoculia tutor. Finally, her ebooks are available on Amazon. You can find the link on shop.discoculiaservices.com or go to Amazon and search for Dr. Schroeder. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.